Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Rosh Hashanah, and I'm going to say a few words about uh, appropriate to the occasion about Roshan Tekiah Shofar and, and the women. Um, this is being sponsored, a uh, pleasant surprise, by uh, Mr. Miyaman Mandelbaum. Last week in Lakewood, last week, Dr. Friedman did one in honor of them. That was a, they're the grandchildren of Henry P. Cohn. And now they're flipping it and they're doing it in honor of, uh, of Dr. Mo and of Mrs. Etta Friedman, by the way, who, as he puts it over here, I'm sponsoring Dr. Bo and a special mom, really wonderful, genuine, sincere people, old school values, which is a lost art these days. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I think Mrs. Freeman is on everybody's favorite list of 10 people. Uh, I mean that. It's not, I'm serious. Now, um, to get down to business. Oh, by the way, since it's the Mandelbaums, I forgot a story. I'm going to share it with you about a grandfather, and then I'm going to talk about Rosh Hashanah. And what reminded me is this scandal you have now in Lakewood. With the uh, restaurant, isn't it? That's what I read. Right to some big restaurant that turned out wasn't. Uh, listen, <laughs> listen to this. Uh, oh, about 70-some years ago, late 40s, I think it was, around 1950, um, in the old Baltimore. So uh, I knew a guy who was the big butcher at that time, in the kosher guy. And I didn't think I told this story. And... Um, he used to go to the, uh, uh, you know, slaughterhouse where there was a, you know, there were, where the where the shochet did. But, of course, it was a Rubens burger. No, but it was a kosher place. They had a special section for the kosher. And the way he used to do it is that, you know, there was a special room with hooks, uh, you know, special hooks. And that's where he put the kosher meat that was shechted by the guy which had a stamp on it. And then that's where he would take to a butcher shop. And the owner was a guy, a German uh, a Christian, Rupersberger, whose son is a congressman now. And Joe Shavik was the butcher. And he goes there to pick up the stuff, and the guy, the owner, comes out and says, Joe, he says, you know, I'm not Jewish, but damn it, I'm a deacon of the church. I can't stand this anymore. He didn't kill those animals. He just put the meat up there. Really? He couldn't believe it, because the shekel was a from guy, and he gave a sheer... And a beard and all the thing, you know. And look, it, it couldn't be. But he reported this to Rabbi Tabak, using him to Asher. And Tabak told Schwab, you know, just like this, and Schwab made a, Rabbi Schwab made a Sherlock Holmes investigation. And it was true. It's a shock. It was true. It's not the same thing as the Lakewood, because there the guy wasn't Jewish. But if you remember, they, we had a monthly such a scandal. So anyway... What do you do with the dishes? This is what it reminded me of, because my wife said, my daughter called and she said, you know, there's a whole shot of liquid about the dishes and all that, which is a question, because it's used with trafe. And I'm talking Baltimore, like around 1950 or so, a little earlier. And so all the rabbis got together, Rabbi Shalab, Rabbi Tebek, Rabbi Bach, Rabbi Ruderman, Rabbi Fushlag, all the heavy guns, and what to do. And they figured out a way, I'm telling you what Joe Shaver told me. I wasn't born then. <laughs> 
And he said, they figured out a way that you can keep the dishes. You know, I can think of possible ways, whatever. That's what they did. You know, they hapaskin, halachically, that you can keep the dishes. So I said, what happens? He said, everybody kept the dishes, except one family threw them out. I said, who's that? He said, Henry Picone. <laughs> I said, I'm not surprised. So there's a story from the old days. But to get to Rosh Hashanah, we have the story, listen closely. We have 100 kolas. Where do you get 100 kolas? Really supposed to be three kolas, right? No, it's three times three. Tekiah, trua, tekiah, tekiah, trua, tekiah, tekiah, trua, tekiah, and you're done. That's what the Mishnah says, and that's the halacha. And I got news for you. It could really be dot, 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 because the, uh, let's put it this way. There are shittas that say that. Because if you know the last Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, they talk about these things, and they say, Seder, Tekiah, Shol, 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 and if you look in the Bartanur in those places, there are opinions that the whole true. listen to this, the whole trua is, the trua is dot, 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 not nine, three. Dot, 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 that's the whole trua. And there are shittas in the Bartanur that say that the kia can be half of that. <laughs> so, half of dot, 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 because it's, it, the language is funny. It says, uh, she or tekia kisholish truas. So one shot in the Bartanur is that each one's a half a, 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 a trua. Um, that's not what we do. We do that each tekia is a full trua. But I'm just saying. So it's uh, you know, it's really do 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 do. You're done. Nevertheless, we know it it morphed into what we have today, which is a hundred. So how do you get that? So first of all, the three turned into thirty because. You're not sure which is the real Trua and Rabbi Avo and all that, the Gemara says. So that's the three boxes of uh, Tashra, 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 Tashra. Then uh, they they started the Kiyos Miyosho, that the Kiyos Shofar, not in in, in um, Malchis, Zerchonis, and Shofaris, but in addition to that, what you and I today call Shofar blowing before the Shemona Esrei, Kedei Larvis, the Sultan, that's already 60, right? That's already 60. And then they came up, at least with another 30. Um, it's not 100% clear where that extra 30 came up to, but okay, it did. And um, and the reason is, okay, uh, and let's put it this way. I'm a, According to Tosvis, it brings the Aruch. So they did it, they, they blew, make another 30, they did like the Sephardim, like Nosach Sephardim, and they blew in the Salon Shemonesri, Okay. That gives you 90. In other words, 30 before Musaf, 30 during the Salon Shemonesri, and 30 during the Chazar Sashat. That gives you 90, right? Now, um, where do you get 100? So, the Tosus, which is long ago, is quoting an older Sefer, the Aruch. The Aruch is written in the time of Rashi, which is in the 10 hundreds. And the Aruch is a dictionary. And he's very interesting, Risham. And it was in Rome. His brother was the Pope's doctor. And without spending too much time on it, the Aruch, Tosis quotes this, says that you want to get to 100. Okay? So that's where you get 30, 30, 30, 30 before Shimon Esri, 30 during the silent, and 30 during the other thing, the Chazar Zashatz. But you want to get to 100. And so the last 10 are uh, in commemoration. It says when they blew the chauffeur and Shabbos and Yavna, that was the one place where every Baltokea, you know, Baltokeas are like automatically OCD types. So they want to blow even if it's Saturday, if it's possible, if it's unlawfully possible. And they would go to where the Sanhedrin was and then they would blow when, when Shul was over. The more talks about it. I actually spoke about this in podcast last year, so I won't go over it. Um, so that gives you 30, 30, 30, and 10. 
Why do you want to get to 100? Notice, why did he make that up? Why, why do you want to get to 100? So famously, the Aruch says, Tosis quotes it, uh, many people don't have the Aruch. And it's, it shouldn't be rare, it's, a, it's around, but a lot of people, for one reason or another, don't have the Aruch. But everybody knows it from Tosis. And it says, because the sister's mother. Okay? Uh, where's the language over here? It's for a hundred uh, screams of sister's mother. So in other words, when sister's mother was crying, it would seem that, uh, you know, he didn't come back. This is the end of the Shira's Devorah. And it used the word Yevavah there. The Gemara quotes it, uh, you know, uh, uh, aim sister, uh, even though she's bad and she's saying, how come my son isn't back yet? Hasn't he finished killing the Jews? Uh, what a bummer. And, you know, Devor is saying that in a sarcastic way. But nevertheless, there's some significance to that. And Kenegata, we do 100, okay? Because it's supposed to be some tradition that she cried 100 times. As far as I'm aware, this Aruch is the oldest source of that, you know, as far as I know. Uh, which is strange, because here's... I mean, I'm not saying he made it up. I'm saying that, no, he's a bearer of old traditions. And uh, there was some tradition out there and you know it's funny. It went around the world today. Most, almost everybody does a hundred. On the, you know, almost everybody. Uh, so can they get named Cicero? The famous question is why should we give a hoot? What Hitler's mother said. You know, what sister sister was an enemy to Jews. Uh, he had the nine hundred chariots and time of Devora and so on and so forth. Why should we do something in commemoration of her? That makes no sense whatsoever. But here you have a female role, so to speak, in the Takiya chauffeur. Um, which is just interesting, right? It's a, it, it, it's, we're doing a minigan whole class rope that popped up because of a lady. The funny part is, of course, that she's a shiksa and she was a, a mershas, a, a wicked, right? But nevertheless, somehow they came in there and so it's a women's uh, influence, which is what I'm talking about today in this podcast. And the process of chauffeur. Gary Peretsky, my show, said that he saw Rabtsado Kakoin, which I never look at, has some shot. You know, you can imagine a Hasidic, a Kabbalistic shop based on the Sefer Gilgal, which is, you know, Sistra is the ancestor of um, of Rabbi Akiva, and therefore some Rabbi Akiva connection. I hear, I get it, but it's a very far-fetched. Let me put it this way. That's where a whole minute like this came up, of Andre Kolas, Sister's mother, because is a Gilgal or something of, of Rabbi Akiva. Eh. Anyway, doesn't sit well with me. You know, I'm not one to judge. I'm just sharing my opinion. Uh, I would say Pashibshat, literally the most logical Pashibshat I can come up with is as follows. It's very 19th century. And uh, it would be based on the following. The story of Sistra, this is just the beginning I want to say today. The story of Sistra oppressing the Jews happened in the book of Shoftim. There were X number of enemy Geisha invaders happened time of Shoftim. It's part of the uh, cycle of the Shoftim. Meaning, the Jewish people went bad, they went off to Derek, God punished them by sending some guy to invade them and kill them, and then they did Shuva, Shuva Meira, perhaps, and, and then God sent them a, a savior, a Shofet. So in this case, it says in the beginning of Perak if you want to look there in the book of Shoftim, by Yosef ben Yisrael, Asos Harab Eni Hashem, that the Jewish people started acting up and doing a virus, So notice God handed him over, as a punishment for going off to Derech, to um, to what he called to Sisra, okay, to Yavin and, and his general Sisra, and by Yitzchak and Israel Hashem, and so on and so forth. 
He tortured the Jews for 20 years. That's a long time. Okay? That's a long time. Now, here's the thing. And by the way, you know, for what it's worth, I see in the bottom, the Mencha Katana, in the art scroll, the, the Binkris Gedolus, when it says, Hashem, Notice the Jews finally said we deserve what's being punished us. Okay? That we realize, you know, that our, what we're being punished is because of our virus and we want to change. So the invasion and, and, and suppression and oppression by Cicero was because of their virus. If you're very from, I mean, that's what it says. So if you're very from, they're going to say it like this. So the Kayach of Sisera was the Averis of the Bnei Yisrael. When they did Shuvah, then Taka the Jews won. That's when God stirred up the spirit of Devorah, and she launched Barak, and they wiped out Sisera, as, as we know, in the army. Okay, in the battle of Kharish Uh Because the next line is Devorah, Nebiah, Isha, Lapidus, and so forth. Now, if Sisera was smart, what was he davening, so to speak? Or especially his mother. What were they davening? They're, basically, they were makatreg. You get it? In other words, they're saying they were pagans. So they're saying like this. Right? They don't believe in God. They're pagans. So they're Canaanites. I mean, Sistro, Yavin Melchazor was a Canaanite. was a Canaanite. See, if a Canaanite, then you go like this. There's a lot of different gods out there. Um, they're the Canaanite gods, the Egyptian gods, and so forth. And the Jews also have a god. Nobody ever denied the Jews also have a god. So what about the fact that their God's going to protect them. Ah, Yovin and Sisera must have heard about Paro, and he sees his triumph and all this other stuff, and Yeshua and the miracles. The answer is, they're well aware the Jews are not keeping Shabbos anymore. They're not keeping Kashas, they're worshipping other other gods. And so, Mamela, they realize that the Jewish God's not going to help them. So, in other words, in their prayers, because they were religious people, right? I'm, this is not a Vardim, it's a reality. In ancient world, everybody was religious in their own way. And so what they're doing is they're praying against, you know, uh, other gods. Let me explain it a little more clearly. If you're Jewish, you believe there's only one God. And so if there's a war, you say, oh, God, help us. But if you're a pagan, you believe there's a 50 gods or a 100, then what you say is, I'm praying now to their God, don't help your guys because they're not good to you. You hear the I believe in my God, but I also believe that you have your gods, and I don't take away the kayak of your gods. Just I... Yes, it's, it's, it's side by side with the power of my God. And so if, if I'm a pagan, like Sisera or his mother, I'm on the one hand praying to my God that they should help me. Then I'm praying to the enemy gods, don't help the, your people because they don't deserve it because they're bad, which was true. And so if that's the case, the hundred cries of Sisera would be Sisera's mother calling attention to the hundred of heirs that Jews were doing at that time. I mean, you know, it's not too hard to come up with a list. And so, and by the way, she wasn't wrong. In other words, what she was describing was not inaccurate. The only thing is, she wasn't aware that by the time this had happened, the Jews had repented. That's the Kayach and the story of Devorah and Barak. She just didn't know that. So, because she's back in her headquarters, you know, Biad HaKalon, Batiabebeim Sisra. So here she is, um, weeping in the sense of crying to her gods and to ours, which she understands as a pagan god, uh, saying, don't help the Jews because I can be Makatri going down a hundred uh, uh, sins. So we 
And she was, I'll say it again, she wasn't wrong. So can I get that? They came to custom to blow the shofar a hundred times. That's what it seems to me, the tradition that the Ark is passing along. Is that, you know, sister's mother, uh, she wasn't physically fighting. She was back at headquarters. That's why she's crying, So sister himself fighting on the battlefield. But while her son is fighting in the battlefield, she's davening, if you want to, you know what I mean, in, the, in a pagan sense. She's davening. But some of her tefillahs were on, on target, unfortunately. Therefore, we want to argue with the Sutton, so to speak, and blow a hundred times so that any time that you have against us, we, so to speak, drown out, or however you understand the concept of Irvah Sutton. That is the best I can come up with from a logical point of view, shot point of view, of this strange custom that you do a hundred colors because the sister's mother, because it's not like she was at Sadekas or anything, so why should we care about that? Now, having said that, Having said that, I happen to see in the Matafrayim, which is uh, one of the interesting books, you know, it's a, from uh, Framzer Margolis. That's like the, uh, 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 I shouldn't say this, but I'll say it's like the Mishnah Burr on, on, um, on Chodesh El. It's, it's early in the Mishnah Burr. It's actually an ancestor of mine. And the Matafrayim is a Galtzianer from Brody. So uh, he spawned, it's a wonderful safer. In fact, it came out in English now, even. And he spawned an entire literature of commentaries on the, Mach- uh, on the Mach- Ephraim. These are Galician or Gaonim, who knew all the Sfarim, uh, it's clear to me. And uh, they supplement at the bottom, almost like you would say, sort of like a Mishnah Brewer or something like that, or Berahetiv, or whatever, on the bottom of Shulchan Aruch. So this way, it's in the bottom of the, of the what do you call it? Of the Mach- Ephraim. Okay? And... Um, what do you call it? One of them is, I'm not sure who the Mechabers are, but one of them is Elf Lamate, and one of them is Elf Hamagim. That's what you find in regular Machne Ephraim, Mate Ephraim. At the bottom, you have Elf Mate Elf Ephraim. It's not from the Mechabers, it's from some later. Now, boy. Is this Michel and Finkels? I can't, I can't tell who exactly it is. It seems that way. Uh, but it doesn't matter for purposes at the moment. Think of it like a Mishnah Burr type situation. So you have the top, the Mat Ephraim, the bottom, Elf Hamogin. And the Mat Ephraim, when it comes to Tuf Kotsadi, which is the laws about um, blowing shofar, so he talks about the fact that you have to have, uh, you know, it starts you from the bottom, and you have a Tekiya Shwarm, true Tekiya, and so forth. And the Shwarm is this kind of thing, and the Tekiya is that kind of thing. And um, he says that one of the things, uh, I'll read it very quickly. Right? Really, really, really should have only a grand total of nine. Tekiah, Trua, Tekiah, Tekiah, Trua, Tekiah, Tekiah, Trua, Tekiah. Period. That's it. That's the original halachic, halachic requirement from the Torah. But as the Rambam says, we we, we forgot with his suffix, what exactly is the Trua? Is it a Yalala, which is a whale? And that's what we call Truat nowadays, or, or Genucha is a Shwarm. So on the bottom, the Machne, the, the El Hamogim here says in Tafkot Sadi that um, what's the Indian Yalala? Yalala is weeping, moaning, uh, not, not moaning, uh, you know, uh, wailing. That's a good word. So the El Hamogim says as follows Mishum to honor Srikin with Koa Trua, Hadom Lakol Bechiyasa Shosara. When we wail, in other words, ah, why did God make it? I want to be clear about this. Why did Hashem make it 
that the trua should be a wailing, or at least we think it's a masupic or something. It should be a wailing. Why wailing? Um, why in Rosh Hashanah wailing? Uh, we, we have to wail because we are recalling and reminding the way Sarah did at the time of the Akedah. Uh, so that would mean, in other words, you know, she died from the, Rashi says, she, the Medrash says she died from the fright of the Akedah and so forth, but you haven't heard anything yet. And there's a tradition that the Akedah took place in Rosh Hashanah, and therefore we do y- Yalilo. And then he gives another shot. So then at the bottom, he has like a footnote with an asterisk. And this is remarkable. Listen to this. Inyan in other words, why do we want to uh, remember Sarah by the, you know, she cried by the Akeda? Now, I would say, you would say like this, it was a terrible pain for her, she died from the Tsar, uh, her suffering should help us, you know what I mean? That kind of thing, look look, look at the Tsarist that Sarah went through, I mean, how does that help me and my affairs? You know, she she suffered, so in the Zuchus we should be spared the suffering. I mean, that's ordinarily how you'd say it, right? You want to do something like the, like the, you know, like sorry, Menu, you know, don't they have like in the in the uh, what do you call it in this farm on um, what you call it on uh, Yom Kippur? He says when you take out the Sefer Torah, you know, it's Achrimos Shnei Bnei Aram. If you cry, man, you've you've heard this, right? If you're able to cry for the Tsaras of Aram, how bad he felt, then you'll be spared Tsaras during the year. That kind of art, um, you know, that kind of art. Uh, okay, that's not what it says. Listen to this. Inyan bechir sar al besuris akeda. What's the pshat? Kasebis farim. Lefishes shama shekemat lo nishkat yitzchak. Utmurasa nishkat ayo. It's the opposite of what you think. The story is that Sarah heard about the whole akeda, and not the way Rashi brings it in the chumash. And she heard that Yitzchak in the end was not shechted. Instead, a ram was shechted instead of Yitzchak. And she was distressed that her son was not shechted. Isn't that flipping? She was crying. And that's what we cry in the, in, in the Trua. When she heard her son was not shechted. She heard. She was afraid. Notice, let's put it this way. You have to change your mind about the story of the Akedah. Avram and Sarah heard that Hashem said to do it. They were totally machnia their das, according to this way of reading the story. Totally machnia their das to Hashem. And therefore they're going to do it b'simcha shal mitzvah. I, it's their only child. I get it. I understand that. And it wasn't a sign. But nevertheless, they overcame the sign. What does it mean they overcame the sign? They, they, they changed their feelings. And they were, and they said, if, you know, if, if Hashem wants their son to be an ola to me, well, that's the highest thing. And now she found out that he's not going to be a carbon ola. Then instead there's a ram. So she thought, to her terror, is there something wrong with my son? That he wasn't ready to be a carbon? Is there something wrong with my husband, Avram? That he wasn't a big enough tzaddik? That he should be zochet to have his son checked for uh, for Ola to me for Hashem? Nobody thinks like this. This is wild. Hold on. And the main reason she cried, I'm reading what it says in the Savior, not me. She blamed herself. He says, 
is it was was the chesaron in me that I wasn't a tzaddikus enough that my son should be zocher to be shechted as an ola to me before Hashem, or me rov habechib agmas nefesh, and that was the bitterness parchin the shmos and minamisa that killed her, not the way we always hear it, which is she heard her son died and they never told her that really he didn't die, and the sultan did it and so forth, and therefore uh, you know she uh, died from the fright, let's say. Uh, which could happen to anybody. God forbid you tell somebody something bad happened to a loved one. You can totally hear anything, you know. The the medical consequences would be unbelievable. So, no, not according to what you read over here at the bottom of Mat- Ephraim. The Indian of Sauron, I, I repeat, he's saying in this form that that's why you make the true of the way we do. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> you know, some people talk a bloodish over that way. Instead of do, 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 do they do. <laughs> Said Mamisha Yalila, you know, it's a wailing, and it's for sorry meaning. Now, here we have two women involved over here. You got the mother of Sisera, uh, who cried, um, uh, and 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 was uh, speaking against the the Jews, you know, in favor of her own son, and then you have Sarah, which at least I can hear Sarah. I mean, you know, let's put it this way: who cares about Sisera's mother unless you interpret it the way I did or something like that. Sorry, Mina, it was that's our mother. So, okay, that's a different story. We come from her. So, if there was a crying that she did on, Rosh, on the original Rosh Hashanah, I hear that we do it also. But the cry then would be, Al Pider Hamusser. Those of you, Salanta was saying this over, he'd say like this When you do the trua, do what Sarah did, which is blame yourself. Get it? In other words, don't look, don't look for the chesarn by Yenim. Don't say, just like by Sarah, you know, originally she said, It's my husband's fault, maybe my son's fault, but then she got around. To where she really needed to get around to, she said, it's my fault. What's wrong with me? So that's the right way to be during blowing chauffeur. You can look at your own faults. Don't look at somebody else's fault. Something along those lines. You hear that? Now, hold on. I'm not finished by any by long shot. So a little bit more historical research here. In addition to um, the two commentaries, El Flamate El Famogin, from those two Galtzian or Gaonim, there's another one from by Ehrenreich, also was from Slovakia, wherever he is. Uh, these are the Central European, you know, Gedolim, and he has uh, a peerish on the Mata Frame called Kitze Hamate. It's a fat safer. But this is very good. These are, they have these guys know sources who ever heard of them. And I'm looking what he says about Indian Yalolo. And he has this and that and the other. And then he says like this. Um then he says like this Shuvr Isi Bismak, the Fus Kapust. So he's quoting from an old edition of the Smak. Smak is a safer Mrs. Katan, Tanas, from Shimshon of Kinam. No, it was uh, one of the Balitosis time, you know, uh, or a little later, actually. You know, a Rishonim. Uh, and, and Kapust is Lobavitch territory, so no, they, they published this edition. And what he says is like this. I'm, have you ever heard? I never heard this before. Mea Kolos, Hain Kenegan, Mea Peios, Shetzach Kasaro, Shinnis so this is a, in other words, the hundred colors is not for Sisera's mother. The hundred colors is for Sarah, uh, which of course m- makes a lot more sense. <laughs> okay, I never heard it before until I saw it here uh, in the smock. In other words, there's a there's a girsa or or masora that the hundred colors that has become now universal almost um, is because of the mother of Sisera. But there's another one which I think makes more sense. It's easier for us to uh, concentrate on that another Sarah 
cried a hundred times when she heard this news of the Akedah. Uh, especially if you combine this with what we said in the other Sefer, which is, and she was blaming herself. So in other words, when we do the hundred kolos, it's not because of Sisera. The hundred kolos cause of Sarah. It's much the same Loshem. Mea kolos hein kenegin mea peios, like Tos says, Shetzacha Sarah, Shetzbaso Akedah. Now use the word Tzachaka. Maybe it should be Tzachaka. Or um, Sarah, let's put it this way, when she was told um, that she's going to have a baby, she, but titzchak, sorry, she used the word sachak. So maybe they're using that reason for there. Whatever the case is, now we have the Kiyashov associated with two females, A and B. One is the mother and sister, which is weird. The other one is not weird at all. The other one is Sari Menu. And it is connected with the Akedah. And you see these obscure traditions in, in, the, in the Jewish Mesorah that when we blow the shofar, and of course, we remember the Isle of Yitzhak and all the rest of it, we don't only end, uh, think of the role of Yitzhak, which of course, he was the victim, so to speak. So in other words, we always talk about Yitzhak, you know, and, and, and all that, no question about it. But what about the mother? You know, what about the sufferings of the mother or whatever? And uh, that becomes concretized not in the liturgy, uh, where maybe it ought to have been, but rather in the uh, number of chauffeur blasts, which is a very aesthetic kind of thing. Uh, Yitzhak emerged, you know, with his issues, is really because he said, the, you know, the, the tears and all the rest of it from the angels, but the Sarah uh, emerged uh, emotionally battered. Uh, it killed her, actually. Um, and, and, and we recall that uh, on, on, on Rosh Hashanah when you blow the chauffeur. So uh, in the in the number of of chauffeur blasts, so I think that's kind of uh, remarkable, and I don't think so many people know about the sorry thing. Now I'm not done yet. Uh, there's one more piece, which I thought was just so interesting. I happened to look in the um, in the so in other words, we have two famous women that are associated with crying. You have Sora in the famous Agadatub of one form or another associated with the Akeda. Um, because it doesn't say in the Chumash that she cried by the Akedah, but there are famous Midrashim about that, and a lot of them have to do, were based, if you want to get down to it, because he says, Vayavo Avram lispod lisar v'lifko savayakam Avram. So, the Medrash says he threw himself on it, he felt guilty, uh, you know, he caused her tsar. That's where all that comes from. And that would be these two traditions. But then there's a third thing. Now, before Rashan, I go through the Mishnahis, and have the uh, cartoon missioners, you know, the red ones, and uh, they actually have good footnotes. I was doing it in Shoal. And, you know, just quickly go through the uh, Mishnahis. And when you get to the um, last paragraph where they talk about the difference of opinion between how exactly you do the Malchus, the Chorus, and Shofras, uh Dal Mishnah, hey, so, you know, uh Minuri says that you do the Malchias in the Hamel HaKadosh part. And Rabbi Kiva then said, And Rabbi Kiva said, you do it the way we do it today. So in other words, you have, how should I put it? You have uh, uh, nine uh, brachas, but you have ten in Yonim. So the question is, how to make that work? And so you have the first three and the last three, that takes care of six. And how do you do the three in the middle? And the problem is, one of the three has to be, you know, uh, Kedusha Yom, 
like you say, all, all the time in Shemun Esrei, Mekadosh Yisrael, Shabbos, Mekadosh Yorosh HaGadosh, Mekadosh Yisrael, Ba'azmanim, Mekadosh Yisrael, Ba'yomazik Haron, and so forth. And so, to, but you have three things to play with. You have Malchus and and Shofaris. You can blow the Shofar. So how do you make that work? Now, it became a tradition that Zichronis and Shofaris have their own. You know, after Zohir, and you said, you know, Shomayat Shilas Kalam Chis Rabrachamim. And uh, that's for Shofaris and Zichronis Zohar Abris. But how do you do the Malchus was uh, the, was not clear, and Rabbi Yochum and Dori did one way, Rabbi Kiva did another. I assume most people know what I'm talking about. It's a very famous Mishnah at the, at, towards the end of uh, Rosh Hashanah. And the essential problem goes as follows. Uh, you're trying to fit ten things into nine slots. And so that means you have to do two in one slot, and the question is, which is which? So the tenth one is Malchus, and you don't know where to put it, whether in the Hamel HaKadosh part, or the other Mekadosh Yisrael Yamazikaron part. Okay? Uh, as you know, we passed in the second way, and that's where we put the Malchus. But the simple question goes like this. Uh, why have the whole trouble? Why not simply make ten brachas? I mean, after all, you're changing the Matpeh anyway, so make ten brachas. What's wrong with that? That'd be the easiest way. So let's put it this way. Mogen Avram, Mechayim Esim, Hamelch HaKadosh, then you do... Uh, Done. And then the next one would be Makadash Yisrael Yomazikaron and so forth. And if you want. And the next one would be Zichronis Nechobi Shofris. Why do you make a tenth bracha in the Shimon Esri? Once you're playing with it anyway, I think I told you, if you look in Tafkot Sadi Aleph, the minig of the Gaonic uh, Yeshivas in Babylonia was in the Salon Shimon Esri, you don't even do nine, you do seven. They skipped Malchus Zichronis and Shofris. So uh, they did only seven. But once you're saying, whether you do it in the Salah Shemun or in the Chazor Zichats, that you're going to do something for Malchus Zichronis and Shofris, so just make an extra one for Malchus, and you wouldn't have had all the fights. Um, so that's a good question. I hope I made that clear. Why don't we have a tenth paragraph over here? So I'm looking at the bottom in this uh, kitty thing, and where is it over here? And he says... One second. This is his cue. Rabbi Kiva versus. Yeah, here we go. Yesham Shatama do. See, quotes from an interesting safer, the Sif Sechachamim. I believe that's what it stands for, Sama Simpeches, which is, uh, uh, you know, 100 years ago, 120 years ago, whatever. It was at a Magad Shir in Pressburg. I think that's who it is. The famous Sacher and Sif Sechachamim. So he says like this: Yesham Shatama do a kol malchus in bracha cheres ve'ena umber b'fnei atzmokamo zichronis and shofaris. So this question is the sifsei chacham is dealing with. I repeat, I'm not talking about the sifsei chacham and Rashi. I'm talking about the guy who was a magid shir in Pressburg and published on Moe, You know, and the answer is kedeshi rak teisha brachas keneged teisha az karos she his kirachana betfilasa kambur brachas chavtes. Isn't that amazing? We want to keep it nine, not ten. Ten is more logical, so why do you have nine brachas in the Shemones? You end up with the arguments between Rabbi Kiva and the other guy, Rabbi Yochum and Nuri. The answer is, because there's something special about nine. Why? Because in the prayer of Chana, the mother of Shmuel, which is the Haftorah on the first day, right? And you're saying, uh, what do you call it? You know, um, she was answered, 
uh, the famous story, she didn't have any children, and then she cried, and she died in Rosh and she got answered. So, uh, so nine as chorus, right? Nine times she mentioned Hashem's name. Hashem made me some Paul, you know, all that. Uh, so we are imitating her when we do Shemona Esrei in Musaf. In other words, if that's where blowing the shofar, we are, they want to, Im, they want to stick to the model that she laid down. So in other words, Chana was a big tzedekist, obviously, and she davened in a certain way in Rosh Hashanah long ago for a child, and it worked. Don't tamper with what works. You understand? And she had nine nine times Hashem's name. So therefore, when we do Shemones, we do nine times Hashem's name. Let me be clear. Originally, originally, historically, they used to do the Tkiah Shofar in Shachris. And that's when they did Malkia Sirkonis at Shofaris. So, the Shachris would have looked different than it does today. And the Shachris, not the Musaf, would have included Malkia Sirkonis and Shofaris. But they would have stuck to nine brachas because they want to stick to her model of, of nine mentions of Hashem's name. Subsequently, the Kiyashofer was moved to Musaf, as we talked about the other day. And then they did it in Musaf. But you still want to stick with the nine. So, in the very... Uh, what's the right word? In the very... Uh, I don't want to say the word confusing, but in the very obscure nature of how they set up the Shemona Esri that we all recite. It's that longest Shemona Esri of the year. As we do it, we abandon pure utilitarian logic and we go for, I will say, Chana Imena. You know what I mean when I say it. And those, the, the the example of, of, of Chana, the mother of Shmuel, uh, who emerges as as the person who who designed the right approach. Now, I don't know, Kabbalah and all that, you know, there's something about nine, evidently. But even though it would be more logical to do ten, we do nine because of, of Chana. That's what the Sifti Chum said. Now he's an Achran. He lived, like I said, 120, 130 years ago. But nevertheless, it's a very nice... I, 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 somehow or other, it caught my attention. And here we have three major women setting the tone for our davening that we're going to do tomorrow and the next day. That's the point I want to get across. Uh, one guy, two Jews. <laughs> You have, uh, according to one tradition, the mother of Sisra, so we have to fight against her. Then we have another tradition, Sara, that we're not fighting against her, we're you know, sort of imitating her, and we're calling her sacrifice into memory and the suffering she had and all the rest of it. And if you want to be Alder HaMusser, we're reminding ourselves that Sara blamed herself, so when you have Averis, don't blame mothers, look, for your, look to improve yourself. And finally, you have this example of Chana, who uh, did Davin Rosh Hashanah, just like Sarah did. Sarah and Chana uh, was in Rosh Hashanah. I don't know if there's any Makor in Chazal that say that when uh, Devorah killed, I mean, when, when, when Sister's army was destroyed, it was um, on Rosh Hashanah. I mean, that would be cute, because then you're saying here's three famous women, one guy and two Jews, all of them down Rosh Hashanah. But we do have Makoras that say that Sarah and the Akeda happened in Rosh Hashanah, and the Chana Davin on Rosh Hashanah. So let's just stipulate for a moment that the story of Sisters Mother happened Rosh Hashanah. Three famous females, one wicked, two righteous, who profoundly affected history, because if they got in, mentioned in the Torah, whether the Torah should be Xavier, Torah should be they must have been, you know, very important people. And uh, and their example lies in front of us as we enter Rosh Hashanah even nowadays. 
So the role of the women, the influence of the women is is not explicit, but it's very, very powerfully implicit um, right under the surface of events because it's when you blow and how many times you blow and uh, how many brachas you make uh, in the Shemun Esri. It's, uh, I think here uh, we're on to something. Anyway, this is just a thought that I had and uh, I wanted to share. And it's, of course, very appropriate because the man of the bounce of the for Morris and his mom, Mrs. Friedman in, in, in uh, Baltimore. And I hope everybody, all of us, will have Ksiba uh, Chesim of course. And uh, I want to thank all the sponsors that we have all during the year. And everybody should have a good and healthy year. And with that, I wish you all a very good Yantif. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.